Hello and welcome to Easy Big Takes the Podcast, the podcast where we read you the one-star reviews of your favorite movies and more. I'm Kat. And I'm Riley. And we are continuing our Hunger Games series. We are now on Catching Fire, or as I like to call it, Hunger Games All-Stars. So just quick background information before we get to our thoughts and opinions on this movie. The plot, after arriving safely home from their pre- unprecedented victory in the 74th Hunger Games, Katniss Everdeen and Peeta Malark discover that they must do a quick turnaround and begin a victor's tour. As she and Peeta travel throughout the districts, Katniss senses a rebellion is stirring. However, President Snow proves that he is still very much in control when word comes of a cruel change in the rules for the upcoming 75th Hunger Games. And that rule change, if you don't know, is that all of the victors from all 12 districts have to participate in the quarter quill, where the rules are different for fun. They all have to go back to the Hunger Games, and rightfully, they are all pissed. And this movie came out in 2013, and it has a two-hour and 26-minute runtime. It is directed by Francis Lawrence, no relation to Jennifer Lawrence. He directed I Am Legend, and a lot of music videos. Like, most of his work was music videos. Suzanne Collins did not help with the script on this one, but the screenwriters for this one were Simon Beaufoy, who wrote Slumdog Millionaire and 127 Hours, and Michael Arndt, who wrote Toy Story 3. (laughs) (laughs) He's written other things. I just picked my favorite one. Uh, Yeah, it's a good one. It's probably actually my favorite of the Toy Stories. Me too. I'm not a big fan of Toy Story 2. I don't know why. Sorry not to interrupt, but I love that song. Was yeah. it, what's her name? She sings all those sad songs. In the arms. It's not that song in the oh, movie. Oh, Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah, Sarah doesn't McLaughlin? she sing that song in Toy Story 2? I think so. I think she yes. does. Yes, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. But yes, he he wrote Toy Story 3. He's, he's written other things, but I also saw in a lot of articles that Toy Story 3 was what was mentioned whenever he was brought up in mm-hmm. articles, so... I'm going to say Toy Story 3. Yeah. Uh, the the cast is generally the same. We have Jennifer Lawrence, Josh Hutcherson, Liam Hemsworth, Woody Harrelson, Elizabeth Banks, and Donald Sutherland. But we have some new cast members, such as Sam Claflin, who plays Finnick. And he was in Snow White and the Huntsman. I'm pretty sure that's the one with Kristen Stewart as Snow White. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jenna Malone, who plays Joanna. And she's from Donnie Darko, which... That's another movie that Teenage Cat loved a lot. Uh-huh. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman was Plutarch, and he was actually, the last movie he was in, like, he he's, he was seen in, was Mockingjay Part 2. Oh, really? Like, that is the last movie listed on his IMDb. That is so sad. I, did, I forgot he was in these movies, so when he came on screen, I was like, oh my god. We have Lynn Cohen, who plays Mags, and she was in Munich which is one of my favorite Spielberg movies. And if you haven't seen it, it's a really good movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Jeffrey Wright plays Beattie. And he was actually in The French Dispatch, um, which I haven't seen yet, but... Oh, that's a good movie. I like that. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. He has his own storyline, French Dispatch. He's really good oh, in it. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I didn't yeah. know how big of a character he was, but that's good. He's, he's very, yeah. And then some fun facts about this. The costume designer, Trish Somerville, was given pieces from Alexander McQueen's collection by the creative director, Sarah Burton, which mm-hmm. I think is really cool. Like, they had oh, yeah. fucking Alexander McQueen dresses and stuff for the um i think it was for the like opening thing the chariot thing Mm -hmm. maybe it didn't specifically say this is less of a fun fact that's like general and more of just one that pertains to me um the soundtrack had two of 14 year old cat's favorite bands the lumineers and of monsters and men on the soundtrack yes I watched the credits just to listen to those two songs. I'm not even kidding. Gail's song? Are you kidding me? That's That's such a a good song. That's a good song. Such a good song. And then something I thought was really funny, and I think it's very rude of Wikipedia to put this on on there. Apparently, Ed Sheeran recorded three songs for the soundtrack, and Lionsgate declined it. They were just like, no, thank you. I love that. They were just like, no, 
no. I know no hate towards Ed Sheeran, but that makes me so happy that they were like, eh, we're okay. <laughs> we're good. What happened with him to where the whole internet turned against him? Because the think- same thing happened with like Lin-Manuel Miranda, where everyone was just like, yeah, now we hate you. I'm sorry, you're a meme. I just think, I really do think that's just the uh, behavior of the internet. Yes, they just decided. They just decided to hate someone for really no reason, any reason that I don't, really don't know of. So this article I found is basically saying people have many reasons why they might hate him, Mm -hmm. but I think they say it's basically just because he's like got that nice guy persona and people kind of hate that. That's the thing. Yeah, people... The internet will turn on people for doing literally nothing. I think they mean like he, like the the cringy nice guy. I just thought it was funny that Lionsgate was like, no, thank you. No, yeah. thank you, Ed. Yeah. <laughs> We're good. But moving on, what what are your thoughts and opinions about Catching Fire? I thought it was really fun, like the first one. I was really, every time Jennifer Lawrence has a nightmare, it's just, I hate when people pretend to have nightmares mm-hmm. in movies because they're never good. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. just, I it's a really hard thing to act. She's also playing with Peta's feelings the entire movie. She is. She's so manipulative. <laughs> I think you can tell he does actually like her and she's just he's, so... He's always had a crush on her from afar. Like mm-hmm. that's how it was set up in the first movie. And to like have him compl- like genuinely confess his like love for her in the first movie. Mm-hmm. And then something I did like though is that he like in the beginning at least like he kind of holds it against her like he's not still hung up on her as much in the beginning yeah like he's like yeah i get it it was fake i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit around and chase you for the rest of my life like i i liked that aspect of it she flip-flops really hard and i don't know why i don't know what brings her to go like also like she's all like oh he has to be the one that lives the way I think of it is like he's the weaker one between the two of them. Mm-hmm. So like, and he's genuinely a nice person, and he like, oh, is, is is he's good. Like he to her is like good. Oh, that and okay. So yeah. he has to be the one that survives. Like he deserves to survive more than her. And like, that's so her sad. mind. <laughs> that's so yeah. Sad. But I, you know, I get, I get that. I get that for yeah. I remember reading the book and the part where Peta says that Katniss like they're gonna have a baby i don't know why i thought that was so funny i was just like what a play (laughs) when i was watching that part like pop up did no one think like "Hmm, maybe we should get like a pull out some sort of pregnancy test yeah (laughs) like figure out if she is pregnant well it's also i i feel like it's one of those things where like he already said it so it doesn't matter whether she is or not everyone else thinks she is yeah and they're not gonna say she's lying or they're lying I don't know, could they? I don't I don't know. Maybe it's just one of those things where like, well, they said it. They still make her go to the games even if they believe the him believed him or not. So. Exactly. They didn't care. Uh, also, how do we know if there is pregnancy test in the future, in the very dystopian they future? They have force fields. Maybe they, they have forgot. Fucking, dude, they have Maybe force fields. Maybe they forgot. Maybe they, they forgot. They have force fields. How would they not have a pregnancy test? Maybe they forgot how to make them. They, you know, like stuff this in history is, is lost. And what do you think, think they go back to the do you think they went back to the method of peeing on some wheat? Apparently it's not that terribly inaccurate. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very interesting. But here's my thing. Here's my other proof. Have you seen their photos photos, photographs in the movies? They're like eighteen hundred style photographs. They're black and white. Listen. They're really they great. Only had they only had tin types left, okay? Leave them alone. <laughs> I'm just saying they could have I don't even know. But yeah, it, it 
I think it's just like the aesthetic. Like I think they have they have a fucking pregnancy test. They probably have something where it just like you know those uh those thermometers where they just scan your forehead. Oh yeah. I feel like it's just like that. They're just like what what else? What else? Do you have anything else? What did you think of Josh Hutcherson's acting in this one? Uh he was good. Who's better? Do you think that they've set up enough of a foundation for Katniss and Gale for you to care about them getting together? Not really, because like they're kind right. of friends. And then at like the beginning of this movie goes like, well, do you love me? I'm like, where did that come from? Yeah. Y'all weren't kissing in the one before. And then yeah. all of a sudden you're kissing now. There was not enough in between time for that to, for them to develop from like flirty friends to like full blown, like run away with me. I love you. My thing is, I think in the books, the love triangle thing is like way more stressed. Like it's, yeah. She, her relationship with Gail is talked about a lot more mm-hmm. than because in in the first movie you just they just go straight into her getting reaped into the the mm-hmm. Hunger Games like oh, yeah and so that's my biggest thing with the movie is like I don't care about Gail as no. much as they want me to I'll just I'll get into my I'll get into my thoughts mm-hmm. and if if you have anything else just chime in okay so, something about her in this movie that I realized is. The way that her character was written for this one, it, like she seems very unsure of herself. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the last one, it was like she seemed very calculated. But like in this one, it's like she knows what she's doing and she has a plan for things. Mm-hmm. But it feels like often everyone else is making moves to make her plans work. And she is just kind of there to provide perspective. Y- yeah. It's like one of those things, and I would notice this in a lot of young adult books, too. It always feels like the character is like a puppet. And she's a literal one. She's a literal puppet in this Mm -hmm. one because she's being used as this symbol Mm -hmm. for a revolution that, like, she's not against it, but she's not, she didn't want to be the person who's leading leading it. it. She's, like, in, like, actual, like, she's the face of it. Like, they literally call, they literally say to her, you're the face of the revolution. Yeah. But she's not doing she didn't much. She asked to. She yeah. asked to. And like, yeah, she did some things to earn earn that symbol. She's a symbol. Yeah. At most. Which I think which I think makes her a good like poster child for the revolution, like yeah. the face of it. Mm-hmm. Because she's not she's not doing things because she's calculated in trying to get back at President Snow. She's doing things because she's pissed off for the people she loves not for the entire country yeah like it's exactly she's just trying to survive Mm -hmm. and people are just watching her do that so i don't know it just it her character doesn't seem as strong as she should be yeah like i still think she's a million steps up from how most women are portrayed in these kind of movies Mm -hmm. for like before this movie like Mm -hmm. she's doing a lot she is in a hero position she is very strong but Mm -hmm. i don't know just seemed kind of weak in this movie the other thing was i do like that they kind of started transitioning it a little more to be more adult i guess oh yeah i would say definitely like it they don't hold back whenever they are like showing how bad it is Mm -hmm. and the something that i really like about the series is i know what points they're trying to make and it doesn't feel like preachy when they're making them. It mm-hmm. feels like you are slowly realizing with the character how fucked up this world that they live in is. Yeah. And I think it's just I think it's just good storytelling. I agree, definitely. Cause like she makes 
moves where it makes, you know, the president look bad. It makes the whole Mm -hmm. Hunger Games concept look bad and there has Mm -hmm. to be consequences to it. And they Mm -hmm. do. They happen, definitely. And because, like, we've heard about District 13 and, like, how Mm -hmm. they try to revolt revolt, and the Capitol, like, completely, like, destroyed it. Yeah. That's just, that's just say. But in this one, we actually get to see, like, how that's a very big possibility that that could happen to anyone. Like, there's big steps saying in this movie. I mean, I got uh, that old man at uh, when they're on the tour at District 4, I yeah, think. Yeah, that, like, gets dragged away. Mm-hmm. And he gets, I mean, it's bad. This, this movie's pretty violent. This movie was pretty violent. Yeah, this, this is so much, this one's so much more violent than mm-hmm. the last one. And to think that, like, the books are even more violent when it comes to those kind of things, too. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, I'm glad they didn't hold back because I think that it's important to teach these kind of lessons and show that like their apps like absolute power like this is dangerous and oh yeah like in any capacity not even like in like even on a small scale like someone having absolute power in a situation can end like this it can end very badly and it can become violent oh yeah definitely and in the books they do go into more detail about the other tributes mm-hmm. and their tributes have survived from other games and they're getting to live the rest of their lives, but at what cost? So we get to see mm-hmm. Finnick has a whole backstory and his is super dark. Like, oh yeah, he's basically a prostitute for the capital because like mm-hmm. he's a capital sweetheart, but they don't go into detail about like in the movie, at least mm-hmm. they do in the book about like people pay for his time. There's uh, morphine addicts. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're just trying to numb themselves. Like, it is yeah. messed up. It's very yeah, dark. Katniss literally has PTSD mm-hmm. just when she's out hunting. Mm-hmm. Like, they, I liked that too, that they, mm-hmm. they are showing the reality of what it's like to put child, like literal children in these situations. Mm-hmm. And like, it has real repercussions. Like, both PETA and Katniss bond over the fact that they like have nightmares about the hunger games mm-hmm. it shows that some people who are in the hunger games and are coming back like the district one people who are very privileged they even hate the fact that they have to come back even yeah. though like their district is most guaranteed to win most of the time like yeah. they are the they're, most well trained for it well with this one it's a brother and sister who have won mm-hmm. uh question so the quarter quells mm-hmm. is it always that the troopies come back the surviving no, troops. it has, it, it's like every four years they have like a special Hunger Games where there's something special and different about it. They've never mm-hmm. in the history of the Hunger Games brought back mm-hmm. the tributes to fight again. Mm-hmm. Um, not the tri- not the tributes, the victors, the victors mm-hmm. to fight again. Um, so that's, that's why it's so like insane that they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Also, President Snow's kind of a dumbass for yeah. not, not seeing how this would make things worse. It would make things so much worse. He loves drama. Yeah. He loves drama. He does, drama. but it's because Plutarch is sorry, just who? playing. <laughs> um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character. Uh, his, name's okay. Plut- his name's Plutarch. I never bothered to learn his name. stupidest name. name. His name was um, Philip Seymour Hoffman in that movie. Yeah, Philip. <laughs> he, he's playing him. Like, mm-hmm. spoiler alert, he's playing him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, how do you... You've gotten this fucking far. You've dealt with a revolution before. Yeah. You've kept the people quiet for this long, mm-hmm. and you don't see what this guy's clearly doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah, it's very, it's kind of ridiculous. But also, I cannot understand that actor when he speaks. The guy who plays President Snow, Donald Sutherland. 
Is that is that who that is? Kiefer Sutherland's dad. Okay, I'm gonna have to research him later because I know that name. I just didn't. I I can't understand him when he's on screen. I don't know. It's just because his character talks too quietly. Mm-hmm. But I had to turn on the subtitles because I couldn't understand what he was saying. Oh. Kiefer Sutherland's from Stand by Me. He's the bully. Oh, the big kid. Yeah. Oh. His his dad is President Snow. His dad is President Snow. Okay. I also love Joanna as a character, but I just really love Jenna Malone. But I like that she's because the the audio of her. The reason that I thought of doing the Hunger Games because there's a TikTok audio where it's literally the clip of her interviewing with Caesar where she's like, of, I'm not, of course I'm not sad. I'm fucking angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I survived. I went through this whole process and you're bringing me back mm-hmm. to kill me again. And then she swears. She says the F word. Does she? Well, they bleep it. Like, she's like, oh, that's right. I like her character because she's the only one that's like not trying to guilt them into getting her out of it. She's just trying to show the people like, this shouldn't be fucking happening. Like, this yeah. is fucked up and I'm gonna fight because I have to, but like, well, it's one of those things about her character that's really interesting because she she gets to really express what she's feeling, which is, like, just angry. It's not even sad mm-hmm. at this point. It's anger. Yeah. Anger. And she even tells them, I don't have anyone else left to lose that I love, so mm-hmm. I get to say what I want. Yeah, which exactly. I think gives her character, like, is, is very interesting. She gets to say what she wants. They can't hurt her. What are they going to do, kill her? Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> like what... What else is there to do They're to her? They're threatening her with that. Why? But, yeah. you know, they can't threaten her with, hey, your loved ones. They yeah, she's just sitting away. there like, oh, don't, thre- don't threaten me with a good time. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I love but that. Yeah, the, yeah. I just, I, I think the, the reason I liked this movie so much and the book itself is just because it, it's, shit's hitting the fan, but it's not the full-on revolution yet so mm-hmm. it's like a good mixture between the two movies and i think it's, a it's great tension it's amazing yeah, it, tension yeah it builds tension really well mm-hmm. and i think the way that it i think suzanne collins is just a good writer yeah she knows how to build a good storyline not to compare this to twilight like i'm all in this because we just did twilight not mm-hmm. too long ago there's something about these stories where this is like the transition movie. This would be like the new moon and eclipse movie, mm-hmm. but it still can stand alone and be like a watchable movie on its own. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, you know, new moon, you're like, just, you can watch Such it. You can skip movie. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like this is like a genuine, like standalone. Like this is part of the story arc. It's, it's not just it's important. Yeah. I just, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I think I'm more of a fan of this series than I thought I was. I'm surprised by how much I'm enjoying these movies. I, th- yeah. I didn't think I was good. I thought I was going to be like, oh, these are so bad. They're so corny. No, they're they're generally interesting and entertaining. Yeah. These ones, it's like, they're enjoyable. I don't know why, because I've watched Harry Potter a fuck ton of times. Mm-hmm. I've rewatched the Twilight series um, many times mm-hmm. as well. I have never thought to go rewatch The Hunger Games. Me neither. Ever. Like, I think I have only seen each of these movies one time like when they came out and i went and watched them yeah like, i didn't give them enough credit they were pretty fucking good and i don't know if that's just because we were the right age when they came out yeah but like i i don't think if they were bad we would be saying as many good things about it now in oh, rewatching no. it no we'd be trashing them mm-hmm. i think that's all i have right now do you have anything else before we move on nope so let's get into the critical reviews um i couldn't find very many critical reviews something about this movie is it did way better critically Mm. um and the hunger games itself didn't do that bad critically honestly it was it was pretty well received it was just that shaky camera that was really the main critique of it which they fixed for this one oh yeah they didn't do that at all (laughs) 
No. Um, but this one, I had to like really, really search to find a good negative one. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of them were very positive. So mm-hmm. we'll start out with an, a review from The Spool by Jonah Kolslofsky. Uh, that was written in 2021. And this writer is like our age. Like they watched these movies when they were around our age too. Oh, so cool. it's kind of like, I guess they're rewatched. They rewatched it or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but they mentioned that Michael Arndt's writing is really good for this this story. And it pays off really well. Mm-hmm. As well as how um, Philip Seymour Hoffman plays his character and like underplays the dialogue at some points. And it really pays off to like, I think that they mentioned the difference between how he talks to Katniss and how he talks to President Snow. And you can like tell that like he is trying to sneak something by somebody. Like yeah. he, he plays it very well and it pays off. And that quote, Catching Fire can't completely transcend its limitations, mostly as like it being a blockbuster. So there's some obligations that it has as a blockbuster movie that get in the way with like some engaging parts of the movie. And um, most of the cast is great, except Josh Hutcherson is the obvious weak link. And then quote, in a decade full of a hundred million dollar stinkers, Catching Fire isn't just the peak of its franchise, but a compelling work in its own right. So they they kind of agree with what I was saying. Like it can stand alone as its its own thing, and it's not just some throwaway action movie. Yeah, you were right. He, um, Hutcherson is really becoming the Taylor Lautner of the oh, yeah. series. Oh yeah, yeah. He's just he's just another one of those where it's like he did not act much after this. Yeah. That's okay. It's okay. I had okay. Josh Hutcherson. If you're out there, <laughs> it's okay. I had a. It's okay. I had a. I had a huge crush on you when I watched these movies, so it counted for something. I was being really mean to him last podcast. And I just want to say I'm sorry. <laughs> also, every um, every Wikipedia page about each movie mentions the fact that Josh Hutcherson and um, Liam Hemsworth both had to dye their hair for the movie. Oh, did they? And that yeah, because and so did Jennifer Lawrence. Like she's naturally blonde. That's right. She is, isn't she? Yeah. yeah. That's so odd. I yeah. That's she just looks like a brunette. She just like looks, I don't. She it, looks good as a brunette. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was it's her natural just, hair color. What is Liam's natural hair? I think he's he's also a blonde, and then Josh oh, Hutcherson has like black hair in real life, and he has to like be blonde. I rem- okay now remembering that because I remember a lot of people were like, oh, he could play like a like I. They were trying to compare him to someone. Like, I think someone said Elvis one time, and I think that was quickly shut down by... Someone said Elvis one time. I remember reading that. I'm going, no. Oh. (laughs) I'd have to disagree. That's not... That can't be a thing. Immediately, no. Immediately, no. no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the next review... Do you have any other thoughts on that person's review? Uh, No. I I think they had a really good review, though. Yeah. The next review from the Washington Free Beacon. This is written by Sonny Bunch in 2013. And starts with, quote, lots of standing around and talking without much in the way of flair or excitement. And says that it suffers from being a rehash of the first movie. And that the capital is too interesting looking for it to be the source of evil in the movie. Like, it looks what? too it looks too cool for it to be the bad guys. Oh, this, oh, you can tell this dude loves Elon Musk then. You, I can already oh, tell yeah. this dude loves Elon Musk. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> but something I do agree with them on is that Caesar has like way less um, screen time and they wanted more Tucci. And I agree. I always want more Tucci in any Tucci. movie. The Toochster. The Toochster. <laughs> Stanley. Um. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, another thing that Bunch was upset about was that you only get a glimpse of what the other districts look like, but also like... 
I think it would be cool to like see like a fully fleshed out like like how it's set up and how it's different from each other district but at the same time it's like it's not about that it's really not I mean no in the books they describe what each one does and I think it would help for context yes it would because I don't know what each just a five second like they're coming in to because they tour they can give it a good aerial view or like a good landscape of like yeah oh you can tell they fish here or they do tech here or they do something I don't know you know in movies when like someone's describing everything like you know the in mean girls whenever they're describing like the lunchroom and like who everybody is yeah. and like the jocks and the nerds yeah. and whatever i just need like a, a sequence like a, a montage of yeah. hamish describing all of the districts yeah. <laughs> honestly that would have worked very well i would have been vi- i would have been as a person who read the books very satisfied with that but the last thing that uh bunch has to say is catching fire quote is like its predecessor thoroughly competent but it lacks that special something to set it apart end quote difference going on where it makes it its own movie i don't yeah they go in another ring but it's under different contexts i think they're just i think that bunch is just saying like it it's it's not terrible but it doesn't it can't keep up with other movies like it or but yeah i don't i don't agree with that either yeah but we can we can move on to the next one independent critic yeah richard propes 2013 this movie is proof that box office movies don't have to be dumbed down to be effective and entertaining It's not better than the first one, but it's more grounded and settled. Hmm. And, quote, both an exciting action flick and an intelligent, thought-provoking, and more passionate film. However, he is a little dissatisfied with the directing of Francis, like, Francis Lawrence's directing, Mm -hmm. specifically in scenes that should be more emotional, but they don't end up as emotional with his directing. He still thinks that Francis Lawrence expertly guides the film, and that Jennifer Lawrence, again, is, like, very talented and very equipped to tell this story and that she tells Katniss's story with a very like a commitment to the authenticity and truth of her character mm-hmm. um and that it's a lot slower paced um because Francis Lawrence was willing to like let scenes thoughtfully linger mm. and it handles traditional like YA elements really well and that this one has a more emotionally resonant love triangle mm-hmm. which like I I don't fully agree because I the whole Gale thing we talked about earlier where yeah. it's like it doesn't feel like Gale isn't important enough. He also understands why Mockingjay is being split into two parts and is excited for the next movies and also mentioned that Jenna Malone is an underrated actress, which I agree. Mm-hmm. I think she's very talented and doesn't get as much recognition. Well, I agree. I think it's very good. Um, I don't necessar- necessarily agree with the emotional parts, I mean, maybe it's just like, I don't care. <laughs> I just want yeah. the... Did he rate it by chance? Um, it just said that it was a positive review. Because Somet- sometimes he'll give it a grade, sometimes he won't. Yeah. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't find one on this one. Mm. Also agree with you on the fact that, like, the emotional scenes. I just... I don't think I care I as much care. now about mm. those scenes. But if I were to, like, reread the books and ro- watch these again, I considered, like, trying to read Catching Fire again. Yeah. Before we watched this, but that... That's a lot of work. I don't want to read the whole book. <laughs> we can move on to the next critical review, which is from Confessions from a Geek Mind, written by Kalechi Enuli, and was written in 2014, starting with, quote, filled with fantastic performances, great visual effects, and a story that surpasses the first film in every department, end quote. 
Um, it appeals to sci-fi fans, and it has the ability to make a point, and it deepens the mystery and adventure that was missing from the first film, and that Jennifer Lawrence's performance is a big strength for the movie. They also mention that she grows as an actress in every role she plays, and she's just constantly getting better. Um, and she embodies Katniss's emotional vulnerability while still being able to show that she's a strong character. Um, but her one annoyance, and this is something I kind of agreed with, was that Katniss, like I said earlier, like, you know, she, I said she kind of appeared unsure of herself. Um, this critic believes that she appears a little more indecisive than she should be. Yeah. Also mentions that Hunger Games is in like Harry Potter's league. It is way in a way different league than movies like Divergent or Percy Jackson or Twilight. Like they are not in the same league as Hunger Games and like Harry Potter, um, which I I I think I would agree with. Like I, I think agree it, with that. it do, it's not preachy about the point it's trying to make, and mm-hmm. it's just genuinely good st- storytelling mm-hmm. and filmmaking. And then the last thing was that this this critic is also very excited for Mockingjay, and I think this movie did a really good job at making you want to watch the next one. Oh yeah definitely because like um because you said you started watching mockingjay yeah <laughs> after watching did. this one was it was it because you were excited to see what happens next or yeah, were you just I trying to get to... yeah where are they going you wanted <laughs> i wonder I've, I've read the books but where are they going yeah, i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember partially um the last book does get foggy i think i i read it but i don't think i liked it (laughs) i I don't think i it was not my favorite book yeah out of the three but the last review that we have is from eclipse magazine and is written by michelle alexandria in 2013 alexandria couldn't get past how bleak and gray everything was in this movie and the primary issue that they had was it felt like it was stuck in a holding pattern such as like katniss soaks up everything around her without um giving anything back and she's not a very proactive character um, and that Josh Hutcherson brings nothing to the table and that he always looks lost and doesn't emote much. But the supporting cast is more interesting. They called this movie a Survivor ripoff, like the reality TV show Survivor. Okay. Um, and then so that the series could be summed up in two films and it didn't need to be made into four. I think this critic also just had a problem in general with like every film being turned into a trilogy or a quadrilogy and that there's not enough material to justify the amount of films that are being made. And, but they, they end the review with quote, I don't hate the film series. I just wish they'd get on with the story already. And that Katniss was more proactive end quote. Okay. That I agree with those last two things. I can't imagine there's so much information where it couldn't be put into two movies or into one movie. Yeah. I, I definitely think that it could have been at least two movies. I think it could be two, like the entire story. I think they could have managed to make it two movies. Yeah. I think three should have been enough. Three should have been Three enough. would have been fine. Like each book getting its own movie would have been fine. Mm-hmm. But I understand, you know, like it's the same with any series. Like they have to split that last one into two. Yeah. It just, it's going to happen regardless. Exactly. Um, yeah. Corporate wants those two movies. <laughs> and in protest of that, we are uh, Riley has decided to combine the last two into one episode. I or so. I got Jennifer. I'm waiting on Liam. Um, Woody, I don't know how to get in contact with Woody. <laughs> no, I I meant like when we record the review of it, you're gonna put oh, it in. I thought you said I was gonna make I was gonna recreate <laughs> the last two movies, but as one, and I had to get back all the actors. I'm gonna direct it. I have to reread the book because I don't know what's going on. Do you have any other thoughts based on what the the critics have said so far? Uh, no, they've all been pretty on point. Um, yeah, especially even the last one. Like, 
which was a little bit more negative, they still had some decent points. Yeah, I th- I think the most negative one was the um the the very the second one we read that was like calling it a rehash of the first movie. Oh yeah, um, I didn't like that. Well, he said the capital was too cool looking to be evil. Mm-hmm. No. No, you were yeah. falling to the hands <laughs> of yeah. capitalism. <laughs> that comment and then not being able to get past how gray and bleak everything is. It's almost like depressing ass shit is happening where whenever it's gray and bleak. Mm-hmm. So and it makes me sad, and I don't like that. I'm like, that's part of the movie. I don't like that movie. this movie's forcing me to feel things. <laughs> exactly. It's like, that's the theme. It'd be kind of weird it's... if it was sunshine and rainbows, and she was looking, you know, like, it, it, no. <laughs> um, but we can we can move on now to the audience reviews. Again, I got a lot of these from uh, Letterboxd, because... Love Letterboxd. Love Letterboxd. Um, this first one is a five-star review that's, that was literally written yesterday. That day being March 17th, 2022. It starts with, oh my god, oh my god, oh my fucking god. A truly remarkable film. Everyone says that this is the best of the trilogy, and I never understood it until now. Oh my god. I mean, this was just amazing. Jennifer Lawrence absolutely shines in this. One of her best performances to date. The cinematography, the screenplay, the slow burn between Katniss and Peeta, the fucking ending. It just keeps getting better and better. <laughs> I agree. They're not wrong. And that was a five star. Yeah. By the way, if I didn't say that, yeah. I get it. It is my favorite movie in the oh trilogy. Oh my fucking god! So the next one is a four star review from 2018, from April Fool's Day of 2018. So maybe they're joking. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah. But they say okay. But the best moment in the whole franchise, and the one that leaves you the most fucked up. Sorry, Rue. Sorry, Prim is when Katniss watches Lenny Kravitz get mauled as the tube traps her, lifting her up to one of the most audacious arenas the game has ever seen. The camera twirling around her, the countdown beginning so ominously overhead, the sounds of waves crashing as Jennifer Lawrence expertly maneuvers from pure horror and distraught into determination to save PETA, diving into what would become the most fucked up game of CBS's Survivor to date. Oh my god. (laughs) This movie is the peak of YA dystopia. Changed my mind. Again, no, they're not wrong. But it is April Fool, so maybe they... But I believe that they do. Yeah. I believe them. Yeah, I forgot the... Cine, Cine gets... Does he die? I guess he yeah, does. Well, I, he's, not in, he's not in the next ones. Oh, so. but yeah, he died. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm assuming so. Yeah. For me, that's another thing where I'm like, this movie is not like... The movie and the books are not trying to like ease you into this world. They are literally like they will do anything to keep you from revolting. Like they will yeah. do anything to keep you down, kind of mm-hmm. thing. But this next one, I I heavily agree with. Um, it's from 2019, and it says, "Gail and Katniss shippers can suck my dick." <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all you kale shippers out there, yeah, can suck my fucking dick. <laughs> Gail sucks. <laughs> oh god i love that okay <laughs> this next one um is a half star from letterboxd um and it was written in 2014 poorly made propaganda it features a nonsense and poorly structured plot a joke of a character immoral ideas and some truly awful acting if women are supposed to look up to katniss then they are doomed to never take any action and simply allow things to happen to them as they swoon over the men in their lives She's one of the poorest female role models, and it is Bella Swan's fault that the bar has been set this low. I am disgusted at how popular this series is. Okay, the first movie, she is only doing things for herself Mm -hmm. and to make sure she stays alive to get back to her family. Yeah. 
It's for her family. It's for her sister, Prim, mostly, too. This one, I'm not going to lie. They do, they do like, I feel like she gets dumbed down a little bit in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does. I don't think she's a, te- a terrible role model. And she's still... She's still a badass. She's still a badass. Her family is still, like, she's still, like, making sure her family's safe and stuff. Yeah. It just It just gets more complicated in this movie. And also... It's okay. It doesn't this it doesn't have to be the most realistic thing in the world. She's still a badass. She's still kicking ass. A love triangle makes it fun. And you know what you know what the description of her character sounds like? You know, like somebody who just like they have the skill, they have the ability, mm-hmm. but they're just kind of a lucky hero where like someone's always there to help them. Mm-hmm. Like they just kind of fumble into success. Mm-hmm. Sounds like every male main character yeah. in like movies like this. Because mm-hmm. he usually has support from other characters that help him. It's almost like working as a team is okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on from that one. That one was kind of annoying. <laughs> that was the only, like, really... I tried I tried not to find the super misogynistic ones, but, like... Mm-hmm. I feel like that one was just kind of just being annoying. I think that was one of those ones where it's, like, the wrong take on feminism. Like, it's just... Yeah, it was a wrong feminist take. It's, like, uh, it's, it's what a lot of people... F- think that feminism is where it's like yeah. women can only be like the the best version of themselves and like the most strong and independent version of themselves who like can get everything done by themselves and have to like you know like that that mm-hmm. idea like I don't remember which wave of feminism I think it was like second wave yeah or something like that I don't know or women could do anything a man could do and more and it's like I'm still a person I still need help sometimes <laughs> That's okay. How about we accept the idea that everyone is a human being mm-hmm. that is allowed to express their human beingness in any way they want? Yeah, like that's that's what feminism is. That's what feminism like just let is. people make decisions that are good for themselves uh-huh. and that don't harm other people. Uh-huh. I won't go into my whole diatribe about. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is an IMDb one. This is a one out of ten from IMDb from 2013, and it is titled "Unwatchable Nonsense," as stupid as can be. This elaborate mess of a movie couldn't be more boring and silly. The premise is astoundingly dumb, far worse than the original, and a non-existent plot you can see coming from a mile away. The acting is wooden, the emotions fake, and the direction dull. I would say this is for kids if not for the whole murder aspect, but you would have to be a child to like it. It comes off so hammy and unreal, I think I was about to fall asleep about ten times. Please don't make a third one. This is what we can expect from a generation of writers who have seen, have no sense of real drama. The Harry Potter and Twilight crowd who flock to this garbage like a moth to a flame and come out raving about it. Yeah, they sound... Here's the thing. They said, please don't make a third one. How about they make a third one and you just don't go see it because you obviously don't like them. And it's as simple you as have, that. You have agency as a human being. Yeah, Surprise. You don't have, you don't to, have see to see every things. movie that comes out or, or talk about every movie that comes out. And when I was mm-hmm. reading the book, I didn't see this shit coming. I didn't think that Katniss was going to, like, try to break the dome open. Yeah. Okay, but this next one's a letterboxed one. It's a four-star one. It's from 2017. And it just says, it's 2017 and my sexual orientation is still Finnick drinking water from the spile for the first time. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> The obsession that was created around around Sam Claflin oh, after like, these movies, like I, I remembered, <laughs> that is the one like 
Look at this sexy man in this book. That's the funniest bit about that book. It's like, you can't even see what he looks like. It's just how he's written. <laughs> and and you're like, so damn, he loves old ladies and cares about people who need his help. What a good person. He is. He's a great character. Katniss drinks in this movie. And I think she's only like 17 or something like that. She's not drinking age in the movie, which I think is interesting that they like st- that they still included. Yeah, they included that she drinks. Just, I mean, Haymitch as a character existing in this series is yeah, as an interesting too. Yeah. The District 11 dude like is introduced to Katniss. He's like, don't let him hang out in your in your hotel room. He'll drink all your liquor. Well, to me, it was so funny because Katniss was like, all these tributes are crazy. He goes, he's not. He's pretty cool. <laughs> I just laughed really hard. I love that he defended all of them because, I mean, he's the one that brought up the fact that they've all been friends for years yeah. because... You know, they haven't had to fight each other before. Mm-hmm. They just trauma bonded yeah. because they all had to do the fucking Hunger Games. Yeah. And so every time Katniss is like, oh, that person seems sketchy. That person seems weird. He's like, no, they're actually really, really nice people. <laughs> but okay. Yeah. And like they never thought they were they would have to ever go back. So it's like exactly. no reason to like to like beef with each other. But we'll move on to another IMDb review from 2014. One out of ten and it is titled Twilight Games. It starts with, I really don't see how this movie has a good rating to begin with. I guess the studios are like the capital in the movie. They probably paid off the critics. I was lucky enough to wait till it was available to rent. I really enjoyed the first Hunger Games because it felt like the novel 1984. Catching Fire switched more to a Twilight love issue between Peta and Gail. First, Katiness wants to run off with Gail, but he refuses because he wants to join the revolution. Then she starts falling in love with Peta during the games. Woohoo, another Twilight. Jennifer Lawrence's performance was terrible during the whole movie. It seems like she cannot display the right facial emotion. I get I was getting annoyed the entire time she tried to make a sad face. Josh Hutcherson, on the other hand, displayed great acting. <laughs> it did pretty good with the terrible script. The kid is bright the kid has a bright acting career ahead of him after the Twilight games. They could not have made a more false take. That should tell you about their opinion about this movie. It's wrong. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but you were just blatantly wrong. <laughs> blatantly wrong. And it just it shows your taste. It shows yeah. your taste. Yep. And it's yep. not good. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they continue. During the games, we don't have a chance to have a connection with the other tributes at all. I just keep finding myself thinking, oh, the old lady died. Or, oh, guide two died from an arrow shot. At the end, Peta just disappeared out of nowhere. We never find out why he ran away, but that he was caught by the president. Wow, the writers waste all the t- this movie time with worthless scenes, but they can't add this in. It's almost like they're making another one. Oh, yeah. It's almost like you're going to find out what happened in the, new- in the next two movies that they're making. If you're looking for a Hunger Games like the first one, then you're going to be disappointed. If you're a 12-year-old girl who enjoys wanting to know if Katie-ness is going to be with Peta or Gail, um, then this movie is for you, but you'll have to wait for the third one to find out. Twilight Games makes for a great movie to fall asleep to, though. How can you just stare the point right in the eyes and then just ignore it? It's just they proved that their opinion's invalid by saying... What's his name, Josh? Josh Hutcherson is the most talented person in this movie. Oh, he's going to have a career after this. <laughs> I don't think the the love triangle is as emphasized as people are making it seem in these movies. And that's the only thing you can compare it to Twilight. Is that they both have love triangles, but they're very different. They're not the yeah. same. Yeah. I just kind of hate that they're still like comparing it to Twilight. I'm like, they're not, they're not the same at all. Katniss could still beat Bella Swan's ass. Yeah, okay? she could. Like it, 
even in vampire form. Yeah. I know I said that last time, but I still stand by it. I, I still stand by it too. Ass. Oh yeah, because like, what is she gonna do? Like, force field brain defend herself against arrows? No, yeah. that's not gonna you happen. You can't do that. <laughs> I don't think you can legally do that. <laughs> no, it's against the rules. It's actually, against the rules. <laughs> okay, so this next one, letterboxed five stars, twenty nineteen, and I agree with it because it's kind of the point I made at the very beginning. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars for the Straits. Oh my god. So this is the last negative one, and it is from IMDb. 1 out of 10, 2015. Titled, Is Lady Gaga the Costume Designer on This Crap? I love the costumes. I said this in the last one. I love the costumes. Yeah. These ones, well, I think the costumes in this one, too, they're like, they look better Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there's there's more quality. This person says, I really, really hate these movies. Sure, this is a little better than the original, but still way too long. Nothing happens at all until 90 minutes into the movie. Why can't they make these movies shorter, like an hour and 45 at the most? I don't know what I hate more, the ridiculous costumes and makeup on all the rich a-holes in the Capitol or the watered-down violence to make it PG-13. I heard that the books are pretty violent. They are. They, they are, are very they violent. Do, they watered it down, but like this is – the movies are still – pretty violent yeah or how is it possible for the rich bastards to keep everyone poor and under control and why is america divided into districts this is in some post-apocalyptic future that looks like russia 30 years ago where it's always winter except in the capital these things are never explained in the movies possibly in the books that i will never read anyway so i do i don't know if there's there was a nuclear war and i don't really care the movies literally explain what happened yeah i know they they don't go into full depth into why they're split into districts but like why why do you why are you asking so many questions you're asking a lot of questions that one the book does answer so if you really do care you can read probably i'm sorry the first 10 pages of the hunger games it'll explain a lot of it to you and also um they ask like how can the capital keep keep control how do how do they keep them poor i'm like well have you seen capitalism? You're, you literally compared them to Russia. You did. So you so know like, what the so you know what the answer is. Yeah, you know what the answer is. So like, I don't know what else to tell you. This, there's still more of this review, and I'll I'll get back to it mm-hmm. in a second. But I just want to say, the comment about the ridiculous costumes and makeup on all the rich people—that's that's for a reason. Like they look ridiculous on purpose. Yeah, to because show they are the epitome. Pompous. Yeah, they're the epitome of indulgence. Yes, like they literally in mm-hmm. the beginning whenever they like are at the capitol and they're like having that they're at that little party at the president's house or whatever Mm -hmm. people at the capitol who live in district one literally drink things to make themselves throw up so they can eat more Mm -hmm. like they are they are the epitome of like like too much Mm -hmm. like they are excessive and they are indulgent that is the whole fucking point of the characters Mm -hmm. why would why would you want them to look like everybody else that's that's the thing and that's i don't know it's i feel like this isn't worth the time to explain to someone so our last review is from letterboxd it is a five-star review from 2020 i think i should start by this before i say anything more the hunger games influenced my time as a teenager more than any other science fiction dystopian story has sadly i found out about many great and even better stories much much later in my life but this was the shit for me and especially catching fire will always be a favorite of mine it is without a doubt one of the best book to film adaptations that exists it's pretty rare that a movie can hold up with its original material but this is exactly how i imagined it while reading 
This movie is in every way more than just the film of a young adult, the film version of a young adult book. And even more, it's one of the best things that's come out of this genre. There is more of a story in here. Uh, The chemistry between the characters and their development is just on point. And last but not least, it features Philip Seymour Hoffman, one of my favorite actors who nails every role he's in. No matter what genre and what role, he's heavenly missed. I will always have a soft spot for this movie. I wish the whole series would have been on this level. And I agree. I agree with everything they're saying. Like, I think that Catching Fire really is the peak of this series Mm -hmm. uh, in book and movie form. Yeah, definitely. I just love reviews like these because, like, I just love how people are so passionate. You know, there's the passion that it brings in people, and I love it. I think that's so cool. It's kind of like the um, the one that made us cry from Perks Being a Wallflower. Yeah. Like, it's, I think it's just really important to hear, especially with movies that are aimed at a younger audience, because mm-hmm. that just shows how effective they can be. Yeah, definitely. And it makes me defensive about the ones who, like, try to tear it down. I'm like, no, it is good. I think I would give this one a five out of five. Nah, you know what? Four out of five. I, I'm not going to go so hard with it. I'm just going to say four out of five. I was going to go with four out of five, too. Anything else? Anything else? Any other opinions? Mm-mm. Catch us next week when we do Mockingjay part one and two. Um, and we finish up the series. I'm just going to say this now. We probably won't be doing another film series for a while mm-hmm. because it is it is a lot. It is a lot of work. We'll be switching back to individual standalone movies yeah. after this series is over. But if you have any suggestions for movies we should watch, you can let us know on our Instagram and our TikTok at Easy Bake Takes. Our Instagram DMs are open, so feel free to contact us if you have any questions or suggestions or anything. And give the Hunger Games series a chance if you haven't before. Watch Catching Fire. Watch the movies. Let us know how you think. If you're re-watching, let us know if you've changed your mind on how you feel about these movies. And thank you so much for listening. My name is Kat. And I'm Riley. This has been Easy Big Takes. Easy watching out there. Bye. Bye.